Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hulk Bolden, and I'm uh, so grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and share with you uh, what God has laid on my heart to share. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. A lot of times I wake up in the morning, I don't know what God wants to say to you all or what he wants to speak. And then before it's all said and done, he gives it to me. And so I'm just grateful that the Lord, you know, is able to do that and the Lord is able to speak to you where you are and uh, speak to you and speak to your situation specifically. All right. So um, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew. The sixth chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. It reads, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, you know what I find, even in a situation like this, what it's talking about is doing things, doing uh, righteous acts, doing things, you know, like religious uh, externalities, uh, you know, just anything religious, whether you're fasting or praying or whether you are, uh, you could be preaching or, you know, just be in the ministry at all, anything having to do with the ministry, anything having to do with God. This is saying, take heed that you do not your arms before men. Now, that's not talking about not doing anything in front of anybody. But look at what he says, to be seen of them. So this here is talking about our motives. That we, we're, we're supposed to take heed that whatever we're doing for God, we're not doing it, or whatever we're doing, we're not doing it to be seen of men. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So that's something that we have to be very careful about, <clears throat> that we don't do things to be seen, you know, I, I feel like you especially see a lot of that in churches today with choirs and people wanting to have a solo, people wanting to sing, even people wanting to preach. A lot of people are wanting to do things to be seen for whatever reason. And, you know, it's one of those things where we really, as believers, have to check our motives to make sure that our motives are right. You, you know, make sure that, you know, let's just – even in, in worldly things, even in things that are natural. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a man or a woman that's in a relationship and they're not necessarily certain of that relationship. Not, And, and so they, they may grab the hand of the person that they're with, not necessarily because they want to be affectionate towards the person, but because they want to let everybody else know that that's their husband or, you know, that's their wife or whatever. And... <clears throat> 
even in things like that, you know, and some some people want a spouse, want a husband or a wife just to be seen. In other words, just to say that they have one. Uh, some people, um, it's like uh, maybe they have children and don't have a husband. You know, maybe have children, don't have a wife, and so the guy gets to kind of make up for it, which is what being seen is about, really. It's really to make up for what you think is lacking in other areas. You see that? That's that's what that's really for. And so we have to check our motives because, in reality, God expects us to lean on him for what's lacking, not on our spouses, not on the idea of having a spouse, not on the idea of having God does not want us to be seen, you know, for, for the purpose of doing things for the purpose of being seen. God does not want us uh, buying a house for the purpose of being seen. In other words, you know, maybe we were talking about, maybe we, uh, I've seen it all over, you know, all across the board, and I'm sure some of you can think of of examples, where people feel like they have to do things for the purpose of showing out uh, to other people, for the purpose of being seen by other people as if it's going to prove, prove some type of point. And a lot of times they, they're like this naturally, so, and so whenever they do start doing things spiritually, even after they give their life to the Lord, a lot of times those same things are still there. You know, a lot of times um, a lot of times those things carry over. And God is not wanting us to do that. See, so verse 1 is read that again, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. So when you're doing something for God, God rewards you. That, 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 that We have to know that. But if we're doing it to be seen of men, then we have our reward already. We won't get it from God. You see that? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So God is saying, whenever we do anything for him, don't sound the trumpet. In other words, what we call don't don't toot your own horn. You know, in other words, don't brag about it. Don't even receive credit for it if, if God is the one that's doing it. You know, you, some of you, you've heard me share this story before, but I'm going to share it here as well. When I first started preaching and I went to, uh, uh, I was stationed in California. I was preaching at a church, and there were people there. Uh, there were people there that it was a, at the time it was a big church, but there were very very few people that went there. And so I had preached there. I was asked by the pastor to preach there. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't had a conversation with the pastor or anything like that. Um, he just, I was just sitting in the back of the church one day. Well, I have to back up. I was, somebody had invited me to a Bible study and there were, at the end of the Bible study, somebody had asked some questions. There were three questions that were asked. And a few months before then, the Lord had gave me the answer to the questions, but I didn't know why he, why it was that he was speaking to me, what he was speaking to me. And so after, uh, after, uh, Bible study, those questions were asked, and I answered them because the pastor didn't answer them. And so I just answered them one by one. And so after church, I apologized. I said, you know, I said, I didn't mean to jump in like that. He said, oh, no, 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 that's fine. That's okay. 
And I can remember while I was answering the questions, now these were hard questions, uh, things that it would take the Lord to answer. You know, these weren't just top of, you you, can, you couldn't just go off the top of your head. It took the wisdom of God to answer them. And I recognized that it was the Lord doing that. And I understood, oh, these are the questions that the Lord gave me. These are the answers that the Lord gave me. He just spoke those three things to me. And so the next Sunday I was sitting in the back of the church just trying to be incognito. And he, somebody came up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder, and it was him. And he said, uh, how many churches have you passed about? That's what he asked me. And I said, none. I said, I'm only 20 years old. And he said, I know how old you are. He said, you come by my office. I'm going to schedule you to preach. And that was it. That was it. That's how I started preaching in California, in, in San Diego. And so... I came by his office, we talked a little bit, and he scheduled me to preach, and I preached. And uh, after I got done preaching, people come up and shook my hand. And when they would see me out and about as well, they would shake my hand and tell me how the message had blessed them. And I would say, thank you. They would say, oh, you did a good job. That was I really enjoyed that, and I would say, thank you. Now, I wasn't thinking, you know, anything like I was taking glory for it, but of course, me saying thank you, that's what I was doing. I was taking credit for what the Lord was doing. And so when I got up to preach the next time, again, I didn't I didn't think anything of it, didn't didn't think anything of saying thank you. I just I just said thank you. And so the next time uh, I was asked to preach, I got up and I preached and I was up there fumbling over all my words. I mean I just couldn't get my words out right. And on top of that, on top of that, it was a hard message, like it was a stern re- rebuke, you know. And I was just, I, you know, I, I could tell I was up there by myself. I just put it that way. And I knew it because the Lord spoke to me while I was up there preaching. Now, if you can imagine, I'm standing in front of this big crowd of people, and and several other churches had closed down their church service to come and hear me preach. And so I'm standing there, and I'm up there trying to get my words together and trying to think of what I'm going to say, you know, which is not normal for me. You know, it's the Lord speaking, and so I don't have to think about what I'm going to say next. I just speak what he brings to my heart to say. But this time I was up there trying to think of what I was going to say next and how this could play into that. And while I'm doing all of that, the Lord spoke to me and said, you see that? He said, "You, you you thought it was you that was up here preaching. I'm letting you do this on your own now because you thought it was you. He said, you know, you took credit for what I had done. And immediately all that thought that thought came to me, I understood what he was saying. I was when people were talking about how they were blessed by the message and and, and or they were thanking me for it and I would say, You're welcome, you know, they would say, Well, we thank you for appreciate you for preaching that message and I would say, You're welcome. You know, like I was the one up there doing it. Now I in myself, I didn't think anything about it. I didn't think that I was taking credit for it, but, you know, that's the way the Lord took it, and that's the way it really was when he brought it to me. I could really see that's what I was doing. When people were thanking me and I was saying, you're welcome, you know, or they were telling me about the message, I bless them, I would say thank you, I was taking credit for what God had done. And I tell you, I, I, I praise God even to this day that he taught me that lesson 
at the beginning of my ministry and didn't let me continue to go down that road of doing things to be seen or taking credit for what it was that he was doing. He let me get up there by myself and let me see what it felt like to preach a message by myself, and I hadn't felt that way since then because ever since then, the Lord had been with me. But in that one instant, the Lord showed me what it feels like to try to preach his word without his anointing being there to do it, you see that. But I'm, I'm telling you, and, and keep in mind, he, he gave me the message to preach. But without his help, without the anointing to do it, I, I was just, I was stumbling all over the place. And even now, you know, I've had people uh, in recent, in, in years past, uh, they may email me or if they know, knew me personally. They may come up to me and say, Brother Bowden, why don't you do this to try to help your speech patterns or help you speak more eloquent or whatever? And, you know, I know, you know, and I, and I try to explain it to people. I know without a shadow of a doubt that even now uh, it's just a little hint of that there, and I let it stay there. I kind of look at it like it's my thorn in the flesh. In other words, it's designed to keep me humble. So I don't try to be eloquent about it when I preach. I, I just want to make sure that God's point get across. So I'm not trying to take speech therapy, trying to do all, you know, all these things that people do to try to be a good speaker. I just say what the Lord gives me to say. And, you know, my and, and I know that it's uh, uh, just a hint of that there for the purpose of, and it, it's a reminder of me to remain humble. You see that that's what that's what it does for me. It's a reminder, and I I don't ask the Lord, Lord, could you please help me to be more clearer? Could you help me to pronounce my words better? Or I don't do that. I just speak as long as you can understand. That's all I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned with trying to sound educated. You see, or trying to be eloquent about it. And 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 there may have been a time where I was, you know, more in that manner. But I, again, ever since that time, it's been a little hint of that there. And I and I and I thank God for it because I want God to get the glory. I know it's not because I'm a good speaker or because I put messages together so well. I know that it's God. And so in that, I learned that lesson early on. Don't, don't try to take credit. Don't do things to be seen of men. You know, and it showed me as well how subtle pride is. Just again, I, I didn't I didn't think in the top of my mind, hey, I'm taking credit from God or. I'm the one that's up here preaching. I didn't think that in the top of my mind. But just very subtly, by me saying thank you or you're welcome, you're welcome, uh, me saying that to people who who were blessed by the message, it was me taking credit, and it was me operating in pride. And, and so I learned from that not to do that, to always give God the glory. Now when people say, you know, uh, when people come to me and say, you know, Brother Bowden, I was really blessed by the message, I said, well, praise the Lord. And, and, you know, I've said that to a few people and it aggravates them. I don't know why. You know, it's almost like I don't I don't know what it is, but I've even noticed that when I say praise the Lord or give God glory, and I don't know if people think I'm trying to be super spiritual or deep. I, I'm just giving credit to where it's due, and that's to Jesus Christ, you see. And I, I don't want to get, because I'm telling you, you, if you're not careful, you can be operating under, under the anointing, and people can come and pat you on the back. And, and you smile about it, you're in the wrong, you see. If you smile about it, God, God's got an issue with it. And so I, I just make sure I just keep things the way that they are, you know. I, I just keep things the way that they are. Uh, all that credit, all that belongs to God. It, it, I know that I'm not anything, you know. 
you know, anything special or anything like that, maybe in God's eyes, but I don't want to appear to be anything to any of you except a preacher of the Lord, you see. That's all I, I want to be is I, I want you to know that I'm sent by God, and that's it. I don't want any other thing to come with that, you see, because for me it's important that I stay out of the picture. You think about the ministry of John the Baptist and how he was known as a prophet, and people revered him as a prophet, as a preacher of righteousness. And then when Jesus Christ came, his disciples asked him about it, and he said, I must decrease and he must increase. And so that was Jesus. So that was John the Baptist. He faded off. You see, he faded off while the Lord increased. I think it's very interesting that their ministry didn't go side by side. John the Baptist was a young man when he was killed. He he was in his 30s as well. You see, in his early 30s when he was beheaded. He was only six months older than Jesus Christ, who was his biological cousin, you see. And so we see that after the Lord's ministry began, John the Baptist's ministry ended for the most part. And so there we see Jesus Christ doing all these miracles. Now, the Bible says that John the Baptist didn't do any miracles, but according to Jesus Christ, he was the greatest man ever born to a woman, especially to walk in that office. And it, to me, it's amazing that you don't know that much about his ministry in the Word of God as far as, but we know he's the forerunner. But Jesus Christ was the one that was doing miracles. Now, they didn't have ministry side by side. Jesus Christ didn't make a disciple out of John the Baptist and tell him, okay, you go on that corner and preach, and I'm going to go on this one and preach, and we can tag team this thing and work it together. John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease. And, and at some point, you know, not long after that, John the Baptist was beheaded and killed, and Jesus Christ's ministry continued to flourish. Now, all, the John, all John the Baptist wanted to make sure was, are you the one that we should expect? And once it was confirmed to him, he was ready to go. Now, this is the way we look at that spiritually. If John the Baptist represents us in our flesh, in a way, because he did no miracles, there was no power about him, we know that he was born with the Holy Spirit, and he preached under the anointing, but he didn't do any miracles. There were no signs and wonders in, in the ministry of John the Baptist. But after he was killed, we see Jesus Christ operating in this earth in, in signs and wonders, you see, especially if they increase. This is, way, this is the way we take this spiritually. When we crucify our flesh, then Jesus Christ can live and operate in our lives to do the supernatural. It's, but it's only when we crucify our flesh, it's only when we say, okay, Lord, you increase and I decrease. You increase and live in me, and I'll, and I'll die to my flesh. And see, when we do that, because let me tell you something. Anybody can go to college. Anybody can stand in the mirror and practice speaking. Anybody can go to a, 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 a singing coach or a voice coach, whatever they call them, and, and try to learn how to sing and carry their notes and do all of those things. But, you know, and I've seen people get up in church, and they sing, and it's because they've been trained to sing. They have talent, but they don't have a gift. You can be talented, and God, and, and just naturally talented. But you know what? It's the Holy Spirit that provides the gift. It's a gift because it's given to a frame 
or a body that's dead that allows the Lord to speak through you or allow the Lord to sing through you. You see that? And that's what God is looking for, some vessels that are dead so that he can operate. Because one thing I know about the Lord, if I don't know anything else, he will not share his glory with anyone. He will not share his glory with anyone. You see that? And we have to be careful that we don't get into ourselves. You know, people, some people actually mean well. They really are blessed by the messages. They are really are blessed by, you know, or really were blessed by how you sung and the words that were sung and all of that. And they mean well when they come up to you. But I'm telling you, some of that is a trap of the enemy. And we can't allow ourselves to be pulled into that, you know, thinking that it's us. It's very subtle. And we have to be careful with that. So we really have to take heed that we don't do things, do our arms before men to be seen of them. We really have to take heed that whatever we're doing is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, if we'll get to that place, then the Lord will be able to use us more, and we'll see all kind of doors open because we're willing to give God the glory in the things that he has called us to do. We we can have a calling, and I believe that God has a calling for us. But I'm telling you, if we want to function in it the way that God wants us to, we have to move self out the way. That means we can't be one of those people that's got something to prove. We can't be one of those people, you know. And, I, and some of you sisters, you want a husband because everybody else got one. Is it like you feel like your husband is going to validate you? No, sister, you the Lord is the one that validates you. You need to know who you are before your husband's coming along. You see that? Because other than that, you'll be one of those wives that nag, and, and you won't, you know, it, it, which to me is a prime example. You'll be one of those wives that want a husband don't, but don't want to submit. You don't, You want a husband don't, but don't want to be a wife. You, you want a husband but don't know how to clean, don't know how, how to cook one recipe, and that ain't trying to learn. So the question is, why do you even want a husband? You want one to show off. You want one just to say you have one. You see that? You want one to be seen. You want one because you feel like if I have a husband, then it proves that I'm loved. You know what? If you learn to accept God's love, then you'll know how to accept your husband's love when he try to give it to you. You see that? When he try to give you love. And so don't do things. Marriage is honorable, and it is a spiritual thing, and God may intend for you to be married, but be want that for the right reason. Don't want it just because. Because I'm telling you, the day will come if you want it for the wrong reason, the day will come when you wish you hadn't gotten it. You see that? Trust me. It, it, it takes the, it really takes an anointing to be married. I can tell you that. <laughs> and so be careful. When, when you have a desire in your heart, you know, whether it's to sing, whether it's to preach, to be married, anything that you do, you should always ask God to reveal to you any impure motive that you may have to reveal to you, you know, to yourself, what is it, Lord? Is it something in me that's impure, especially if you've been praying about it and you haven't received it yet? Ask the Lord, you know, even if you've been praying about the Lord restoring your marriage or, you know, blessing you with a home, ask the Lord, what is my motive? What What's really there? Because the Bible says that, that the heart is wicked and deceitful above all who can know it. God knows it. And God is willing to show it to you what's there if you will ask him. That way your motives are right. That way when it does come, when when 
you you do receive what God has for you, whether it's an open door to, you know, a gift of God that he has given you, you'll have it and you'll have it for the rest of your life. It won't be taken from you. You see that you won't move in an area where you shouldn't move in if, if, if you will check what your motives are to begin with and make sure that they are pure. Amen. So we want to say thank you all so much for joining us today. I feel led to pray for you all. So we're going to, we're going to pray according to this message that we've heard today, and I and I pray that you will be receptive of what of what God had to speak today. All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for blessing us, Lord, and teaching us according to your word. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us enough to correct us, loving us enough to speak into our lives. Help us, Lord, to retain what we have learned. Help us to guard it as well as the enemy may try to come through the day um, to take what it is that we have learned. Help us not to be offended at your word, Lord, but help us to honor you by being obedient, Lord, and walking in wisdom according to your word. And when the time comes, Lord, we ask that you will remind us of this word that we've heard, God, and let it resonate in our souls and our spirits so that we can uh, walk these things out, so that we can be an obedient son to you, Lord, and honor you, Lord. Help us to focus on you and keep our our attention on you, Lord, as we, we continue to be used by you uh, and bring you glory, Lord. Help us to walk in humility and never to take uh, these things for granted, Lord. Help us to know that anything that we do for you is for your glory. And we'll give you the praise and honor always. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. So we want to say thank you all so much for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you. Have a blessed day. <laughs>